Hello, listeners. This is your Franchise Festival host, Chris, with a quick pre-show message. At the time of recording in early 2023, legislatures across the United States are passing laws designed to harm our transgender brothers and sisters. If you have the financial means, please consider supporting trans advocacy organizations and mutual aid, or engaging in direct donations to folks who need to relocate for their well-being. Alternately, look into how you can volunteer your time to support advocacy efforts. It's more important than ever to express solidarity with the transgender community and find a way to pitch in. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to Franchise Festival, where we go in-depth with noteworthy video game series from the last 40 years. For Season 3, we're alternating monthly between Indie Studio Supergiant and highlights of Sega's Sonic the Hedgehog. You can follow us on Twitter at Franchise underscore Fest, write to us via email at FranchiseFestival at gmail.com, and support us at Patreon.com slash FranchiseFestival. Patrons get access to a bonus episode each month, and vote on future episode topics. As for us, we're your hosts, Chris. And I'm Hamilton. And this time, we're going to be talking about Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Since its foundation in Japan in the 1960s, Sega had evolved from slot machine producer to pinball importer to an international game studio with branches in the US and Japan, and then it entered the home console market to compete with Nintendo in the mid-1980s with the Master System, unfortunately not quite making a splash outside of Brazil and Europe. Sega was stuck balancing its arcade and home console businesses during the late 1980s, while competitor Nintendo pivoted entirely to home console development, which kept Sega from really doing a great job promoting the Master System's successor, the Mega Drive, or Genesis, in the United States, when that platform launched in Japan on October 29th, 1988. In need of a mascot to compete with Mario... CEO Hayao Nakayama had Sega hold an internal contest to design one of its own at its Japanese headquarters. Mm, back in the age where uh, all the mascots had to be a certain animal. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's very much of the age. This was mm-hmm. like Mascot 101 here in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Nakayama got a lot of submissions. Uh, some of these would actually later be adapted into Sonic characters including an armadillo, which, Hamilton, you may recall as Mighty the Armadillo. Mighty the Armadillo. Darn right. Mm -hmm. As well as a Teddy Roosevelt lookalike, who would become Robotnik. Eggman. Yeah, Eggman himself. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't don't know if there's a better place to put it, but there's this odd name divide between the West and Japan on a few things, but especially uh, Sonic's nemesis, Robotnik. Mm Mm-hmm. So in the United States, I grew up with Dr. Robotnik as Mm. the nemesis of Sonic the Hedgehog. But in Japan, everybody knew this character as Eggman. This was kind of harmonized in um, 
I want to say it was one of the Dreamcast entries. Isn't that right, Hamilton? Yes. Mm-hmm. In uh, Sonic Adventure 1. There you go. And they even make like a reference to it in the English translation, which isn't there in the Japanese original, which I think is fun. So when uh, Sonic first meets up with Eggman in, um, in Sonic Adventure 1, mm-hmm. he says something like, long time no see, Eggman. And then Eggman's <laughs> like, silence, I am Dr. Robotnik, the greatest you know, right. scientific genius in the world. And then he says, like, whatever you say, Eggman. And then literally from that point on, he just calls him Eggman. Wild. That's all mm-hmm. it takes. Yep. Anyway, uh, Robotnik uh, originated as a potential mascot for Sega who looked just like Teddy Roosevelt, which is very cute. <laughs> but the winner of the contest was Naoto Oshima's Mr. Needle Mouse, which you can look up images of online. <laughs> An unnamed designer at Sega referred to the character being supersonic because hedgehogs were known for speed. And uh, Mr. Needlemouse was renamed Sonic from that point forth. So kind of they, they sort of stumbled into that name there. <laughs> so Sonic uh, went through some corporate retooling from Sega of America after uh, he evolved from Mr. Needlemouse just to make sure that he appealed to American audiences. And so we have product manager Madeline Schroeder shooting down Sonic's rock band Entourage and girlfriend Madonna. A core staff composed of Yuji Naka, character designer Naoka Oshima, and level designer Hirokazu Yasuhara developed a prototype that played to the Sega Genesis's processing power strengths as it had twice the speed of Nintendo's Super Nintendo entertainment system by emphasizing speed and momentum. Those were the core differentiators that were going to set Sonic apart from Nintendo's Mario. Mm-hmm. Sonic 1 took only eight months to develop and was initially sold on its own, but was later packaged alongside Genesis hardware units as part of a plan by Sega of America CEO Tom Kalinske to get more consoles into players' homes. Mm-hmm. So Sonic was a household name pretty much around the world. Japan, uh, North America, Europe, South America by 1992. In Sonic 1, players control Sonic, a speedy hedgehog, in six 2D worlds, which are called zones. I can't stress that enough. They're called zones. (laughs) Sonic is attempting to beat the evil scientist, Dr. Robotnik, who has transformed animals into robots throughout their fantasy world. Sonic can roll into enemies when the player taps down on the D-pad while moving, or jump into foes with the tap of one of the uh, face buttons. One of the big differences between Sonic and Mario is that Mario required more buttons to control, but Sonic would speed up automatically as the player moved left or right, and there was only a jump button. Mm -hmm. The counterpoint to this is that there is momentum in Sonic, which there isn't in Mario. Like, Mario moves at a pretty consistent speed, unless you tap a button to make him run. Sonic builds up momentum, and uh, this creates some challenges with the platforming, because you need to build up momentum to get from one floating platform to another in 2D. And uh, the bosses in Sonic 1 are robotic-piloted machines, so you get to see a lot of that wacky Teddy Roosevelt fella. Mm-hmm. After Sonic 1, the original Sonic team split up. Oshima stayed at Sega of Japan, while Naka and Yasuhara left Sega due to anger at their unwillingness to credit or compensate key developers. But luckily, 
they were rehired by Sega Technical Institute in California. Now, Sega Technical Institute, which is associated with, but not directly the same as, Sega of America, had been founded in 1991 by Mark Cerny, who had created Marble Madness uh, from the 1980s, and would go on to design the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 during the 1990s. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Naka and Oshima led development on Sonic the Hedgehog 2 alongside a team of Americans in California, and this produced a little bit of tension, kind of a tough working environment, since the like working habits and uh, of the American developers were a bit different from the Japanese developers, as well as just the communication issues that you would expect to result from like a small leadership team composed of uh, folks with Japanese as their first language, and then everybody else working the, on the project who spoke English as a first language. This led to a pretty interesting disagreement over Tails' name, uh, Tails being uh, Sonic's sidekick who was introduced in Sonic 2. The uh, Japanese team wanted to call him Tails, but the American team wanted to call him Miles Prower or Miles Per Hour. Mm-hmm. Good pun. So they settled yeah. on Miles Tails Prower. I dig it. I dig yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine. You know, I didn't get the pun until I was an adult, which is not a fact that I'm proud of. <laughs> so Sonic 2 was bigger than the first game. It uh, replaced three act zones with two act zones and included a cooperative mode where a second player could control Tails uh, as Sonic went through and did the heavy lifting. And this also introduced the Spin Dash, which we'll talk about down in the gameplay section. Sonic 2 launched in 1992 for the Sega Genesis Mega Drive and was just a gigantic hit for Sega. Um, I, I didn't look one, at the numbers, yeah. but it's got to be their best-selling home console game to date at this, that point. This game, even though like Sonic 3 and Knuckles is probably my favorite, this game is a close second. It blew yeah. me out of the water. And the music is incredible. This thing moves so fast. It's so colorful. Mm-hmm. Like the just the complexity of the pixels on display is incredible, and it's got like, shoot, ten plus zones. And the special zones, and like this is the first game where you could turn to supersonic two player simultaneous co op. Like you couldn't do that in Mario. And there was a versus mode, so you and Tails could uh, race against each other. I totally forgot about versus mode in Sonic Two. Yep, yep. That screen real estate's real cramped. <laughs> So moving along to Sonic CD, back in Japan, Oshima and art director Hiroyuki Kawaguchi led development on a series entry for Sega's ill-fated Sega CD peripheral. This is a device that connected to the Sega Genesis and allowed for games with full motion video. So Sonic CD more closely resembles the visual style of Sonic 1 than Sonic 2, which is kind of an interesting historical quirk about it, since Mm. it was developed separately but in conversation with the folks who were working on Sonic 2. Sonic doesn't have a partner character. Tails is not in the game. But Sonic's instead tracking down a kidnapped lady hedgehog named Amy. Amy the Hedgehog. She's pink, Mm -hmm. so you can tell she's a lady (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it's uh, the early 90s. Yep, Sonic's blue. She's pink. Yep, yep. You know, that's uh, that's, that's the colors the hospital gave them, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, Zones do have three acts again in Sonic CD. But there's a time travel mechanic so that each act also has a past, present, bad future, and good future version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonic CD is very complicated compared to the other Sonics. Uh, Sonic can do the spin dash, 
they they did integrate that from Sonic 2, but can also do this weird stationary speed up where mm-hmm. Sonic starts running and doesn't gain the like comparative invulnerability of a spin dash, but does go faster. Like this the figure eight move? Yeah, exactly. His like feet turn into a figure eight. Yeah. There were a bunch of other spin-offs produced during this era. You've got like uh, the various Game Gear Sonics, and there were a lot of them. Sonic, Sonic 2, Sonic Chaos, Sonic Triple Trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Sega Master System, uh, owners of that actually got an upgraded version of the first Game Gear Sonic, which has a wider field of view, which makes the game slightly easier. And then on the Sega Genesis, uh, people got Sonic Spinball, which uh, it's certainly a game. It's... It should be fun by by definition. Right. It should be fun. But that game has made me so mad. So moving along to our marquee title for mm-hmm. uh, this month, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Yuji Naka was finally given a really big salary and offered the role of producer by Sega of Japan to get him to stick around and lead development on the third core Sonic game. So he took that gig. <laughs> he used that increased influence to demand that the game be developed exclusively by Japanese staff at STI, Sega Technical Institute, since he had uh, pretty bad feelings about working with Americans on Sonic 2. And the game was directed by Hirokazu Yasuhara. Takashi Izuka, who made his debut as a planner for Golden Axe the previous year, would be the designer on Sonic 3. And the first plan for that game was an overhead isometric platformer that imitated 3D as we were moving into the mid-90s, but that was scrapped and would later be adapted into the game Sonic 3D Blast as a spin-off. Mm-hmm. So Sonic 3 was retooled into a traditional 2D platformer with bigger stages and more complex sprites than had been in Sonic 1 or 2. Michael Jackson was contracted to compose the soundtrack, but dropped out midway through production. This is one of the key mysteries of this game, because there's not a lot of public documentation on it. What we know comes from, uh, mostly comes from uh, co-composer and Michael Jackson collaborator Brad Buxer, who claims that Jackson was disappointed with how the Sega Genesis reproduced the songs that he'd written, and so he dropped out of the project. Sega, on the other hand, didn't say anything about Jackson's involvement, likely due to scandals concerning that musician in the Mm mid-90s. And so this led to a lot of speculation over the years. There were in particular some songs that Michael Jackson released throughout the 90s that sounded just like Sonic the Hedgehog 3 songs. So folks were, were wondering if those were kind of born of his collaboration on this project. But the speculation was put to bed in 2022... When Yuji Naka on Twitter one day just straight up confirmed that he'd worked with Michael Jackson on Sonic 3. Mm-hmm. So that was that. Finally Case came closed. out. Yep. <laughs> Takashi Yuda created the new rival character Knuckles as part of an internal design contest, similar to the one that had produced Sonic a few years earlier. They just wanted somebody who, you know, was kind of a little more uh, rough and rowdy than Sonic. So that's how we got Knuckles. Mm-hmm. In contrast to the breakneck development cycles for Sonic 1 and 2, which were each developed in about a year or less, Naka's greater control meant that Sonic 3 could be more ambitious and take more time to produce. Unfortunately, though, 
a promotional tie-in with McDonald's in the United States scuppered this project (laughs) and made Sega insist that the team release some kind of content by early 1994 when the toys were scheduled to debut in American Happy Meals. Wow. McDonald's toys with Sonic in it. Hmm. Can't get around that Happy Meal production schedule. (laughs) That is funny. The result was a half game released as Sonic the Hedgehog 3 in North America and Europe during February 1994 and in Japan three months later in May. This only featured six zones compared to Sonic 2 having nearly twice as many, and that's because there was an entire second half of the game that would be coming later. The second half was published worldwide as Sonic and Knuckles in October 1994, This cartridge included kind of an interesting adapter. This was never used, as far as I'm aware, in any other Sega games, but it was called Lock-On Technology and allowed the player to attach the Sonic 3 cartridge and then play through a complete version of Sonic 3 and Sonic & Knuckles, Mm -hmm. as well as giving the ability to play the entire story from Knuckles' perspective, since he wasn't included as a playable character in Sonic 3. As kind of a cool bonus, which I guess you would need paying for two games... Uh, rather than the intended one. Mm -hmm. Players could also attach Sonic the Hedgehog 2 to play through the Sonic 2 stages as Knuckles. And that's kind of interesting because those aren't designed for Knuckles. Like, it was kind of neat. It was kind of annoying because Mm -hmm. Knuckles doesn't jump as high. So I remember, like, the final boss being an absolute nightmare. It's a hard mode. But still, I appreciate, you know, what they did with it. So Sonic 3 and Sonic & Knuckles were both major critical and commercial successes and are still to this day regarded as some of the best games for the Sega Genesis. I have to agree. Right, yeah, full disclosure, you know, we'll get to it in our final impressions, but these are some of the best platformers of the decade. Mm Mm-hmm. The games were eventually ported to PC, GameCube, PlayStation 2, Xbox, Wii, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and PlayStation Portable. Mm-hmm. over the course of the 90s and 2000s, but strangely, they became inaccessible in the 2010s. This is believed to be due to contract issues with Michael Jackson's estate following his 2009 death. Mm. They were finally made available for the first time in over a decade as part of the Sonic Origins collection on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC in 2022. Though there are soundtrack alterations that uh, suggest that uh, certain songs were stripped out to get around that uh, contract dispute. Mm -hmm. What did you play for the show, Hamilton? So I played uh, Sonic Origins, which to its credit is one of the best. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's the best like remaster of Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Mm -hmm. But that's also because I think you actually told me that they kind of made it from the ground up. Yes, there's a great Digital Foundry video on this. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. secretly, um, and, and we might get into this on a future episode. We're, we're already pretty long into this one, so I won't get into this now. But um, a few longtime fans of the series were contracted by Sega to do remakes for mobile over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Whitehead, I know, is the core uh, person on that project, but there's a few others. So forgive me for not knowing their names. Mm-hmm. He had made one for Sonic 3 that was stuck in development hell for years and finally got out on this collection. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it looks like the original, but it is in fact a full remake. It is definitely like the way to play Sonic 3 and Knuckles today. The one thing that you're missing are those songs. And they are good songs. Mm-hmm. 
But Sonic Origins, uh, it, it had a rocky launch. There were some glitches present in it on launch day, but they, uh, at least as far as I could tell on the Switch, have been patched out. Mm-hmm. It looks great. It actually, the frame rate in it is better than the original. The original has a lot of, um, you know, slowdown because it's, uh, obviously it's a huge technical achievement for 1994 that was pretty hard on the Genesis mm-hmm. hardware. But um, yeah, the, the remake looks gorgeous. Particularly playing in Switch on handheld mode, it is just one of the most beautiful pixel games you'll ever play. Mm-hmm. And the special stages m- run much better. The special stages and also like even like the final scene of like Sonic and Knuckles where Knuckles looks on. It's just kind of like this awkward side view of Knuckles. But now I think he's like waving or something. It's, yeah, it's interesting. I yeah. noticed that I was looking at videos of the original version uh, because I haven't seen the end credits of the game in the original mm-hmm. version in so long. And there's actually a whole layer of um, uh, visual stuff in the background that's not yeah. present in the original. Mm-hmm. It's just like a blue screen. But in the Sonic Origins version, it's more of a jungle scene. And like I said, like I'm always a fan of the originals, but sure, I think this could... If you really want it to be, this could be the de facto way of playing it in 2002 and beyond, or 2022 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. does sonic 3 and knuckles play especially for somebody who may not have played a sonic game before like a lot of games at the time it's a 2d side scroller similar to mm-hmm. like your mario um etc the only difference is that there's gonna your be vector momentum. men yeah yep momentum's gonna get in your way a little bit you do have to get used to it um right think of it also as like ice mechanics for instance not only yeah. do you have like a slow build up to run but you're gonna have a slow build up or a slow slow down i guess i should say when you're trying to stop right so if you don't put some effort into it you actually might just run off a cliff oh yeah it'll happen to you and it happened to me it'll happen to everybody um the faster you're moving the longer it'll take your character to slow down i actually think i remember reading that that was an intentional thing they did to kind of give you an idea of just to make you feel like this is a character going very, very fast. Yeah, it feels good. Like, it feels right. good in their hands. Exactly. Like, you get the impression that, like, the Flash or someone, for instance, anyone who's fast is not just going to stop on a dime like Mario right. would. Yeah. And also, you can press back to kind of have a little animation of him, like, trying to <laughs> skid to a stop. The animation in this game, we can't stress enough how good mm-hmm. the sprites are in this. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so expressive. Like you said, where Sonic tries to skid to a stop. Mm-hmm. This is very much a AAA game of the era. Like, there's a lot of money poured into how good the characters look in this. Mm-hmm. Even sprites, even back in the day, they had sprites where if you get too close to a, uh, to a cliff, Sonic will um will look like he's, like, trying to <laughs> right himself or, Whoa. like, start yeah. panicking. Right. And again, for something like, you know... A Sega Genesis back in the day, I was just like, that's such cool mechanics. Mm-hmm. There's also idle mechanics. If you sit there, eventually he'll tap his foot and look at you, the player. He's got tood, you might say. If you press down and press an action button or a jump button, he'll um, start revving up 
a speed dash. The more you press the action or jump button, the more he'll kind of rev. Yeah. And it'll just give you a nice quick boost in ball form. So you'll take down enemies as you're going. Um, it'll also help you through like loop-de-loops or stuff. Because yep. if you lost your momentum, you don't have really any way to gain it back. But this will give you kind of instant speed. Yeah, that's one of the critical differences between Sonic 1 and 2 is that... Mm-hmm you don't have that in Sonic 1, and if right. you go back to it after later games, it really feels like it's missing. Yeah, it's really actually is kind of annoying. Right, like they added it in uh, in later iterations of Sonic yes. 1. Like mm-hmm. in the Christian Whitehead mobile port, it's been added, and then it, I think it's appeared in every version of Sonic 1 ever since. The Sega Ages so. mm-hmm. Origins, uh, right? version. Yeah, exactly. It's in uh, Sonic Origins. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it makes Sonic 1 much more playable without breaking it. And this is not me like talking down on it. I mean, again, Sonic One was the uh, was the predecessor. It was the prototype. But yeah, they I'm had glad to they added it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the third biggest mechanic of all of these games is going to be your rings. Mm-hmm. As long as you have one ring, you cannot be killed unless you fall into a pit or if you get crushed. Right. Um, that's the two things that will always kill you. However, once you get hit, you will lose every single ring you have, which means that no matter <laughs> how many you had to start with, be it one. Or be it a hundred, be it a thousand, you will lose them all. They're all out there. Yeah. So be careful. Yeah, and and uh, once you get all of the Chaos Emeralds, you can turn into Super Sonic when you have one hundred rings. But uh, if you're regular Sonic, it's fifty. Yep, fifty. Doggone it! This whole game, <laughs> I was waiting until I got a hundred. <laughs> no, it's fifty rings. Oi. Well, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's better. It's almost better to activate Super Sonic. Um, even when you don't later. think you need to, mm-hmm. because if you get hit and you lose all those rings, then you're you're kind of back to square one. And you can collect some of them, right? Yeah. Like you can run around and get some of them as they're as they're flying away, but mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get back to what you had before you got hit. Nor are you going to like it doesn't drop as many as you picked up. For instance, if you actually had a hundred rings right. and you lost them, can you imagine rendering that on a Sega Genesis? Like right? you can't render a hundred <laughs> rings floating away, and it's shocking they rendered what they did. Like, right? There must be forty rings on screen flying out, but right, yeah. But it's not going to be quite as many. The good thing is that if you have at least, um, I think, like ten rings, um, and you get to a uh, a goalpost, it'll um, it'll flash, which will lead you to a special stage, and there you can collect more rings. And those goalposts also serve as checkpoints. So if uh, you lose a life, if you haven't moved past any of those goalposts, you'll return all the way back to the beginning of the level. But if you've moved past one of those goalposts, you'll just return back to that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really nice how they set it up where there's one just before bosses usually yeah. with maybe like five rings right after. So you mm-hmm. get to go into a boss with at least two hits. Yeah. So what about the characters in this game? Obviously, you have the the titular character, Sonic. Mr. Needlemouse himself. Mr. Needlemouse. Sonic is technically the fastest character in the game, as you would expect. Yeah. He also has shield abilities. Sonic starts out with one shield, but it's not on you at all times. It's called the Insta-Shield. Yeah! If you jump, and then you press the jump button again, a kind of flashing shield will appear all in the span of, like, maybe a second at most. It's very quick. But... It can save you from a hit. This is a, a this is a secret cool mechanic of Sonic mm-hmm. Three that really kind of elevates this from contemporary platformers, mm-hmm. um, where you can do a lot of weird trickery with Sonic's uh, default shield. 
since you you basically get kind of if you play your cards right a free hit against any enemy with a defense system the next shield that you have is the elemental shields and there's three of them now it's important to note here that all the elemental shields every character can get them but only sonic can activate a special ability from them yep so you get a flame shield which naturally makes you immune from flame attacks you can also stand on lava, which makes a boss fight in this game incredibly simple. It does. You really want the flame shield for that. You really do. And gives you kind of like a jumping boost attack. So it's not like the current day homing attack. He'll just more jump and then shoot himself forward in the air. Yeah, just across the screen at a pretty high rate. Right. Next is the bubble shield. Um, it'll give you a bouncing attack where you can smash enemies below you, but it'll also give you a bit more hang time. So if you jump and bounce, mm-hmm. you will gain a bit more height so you can reach harder to reach areas. Right. It will make you unable to drown. So no more of that terrible, you know, horrible drowning music that is everyone's bane. That is everyone's bane. Yeah. Nevermore. Never Although it does more. make you extra paranoid while you're playing in water stages right? that you don't get hit. Because you don't want to lose it. Yeah, you don't want to lose that bubble shield. Exactly. It'll also defect certain, uh, deflect certain attacks. Right, yeah, like bullets. Like bullets and things like that. Lastly, you'll get the lightning shield, which is Sonic's double jump. It'll give him a double jump ability. Yeah. It'll also make him immune to lightning attacks. But even better, it'll attract rings that are around you magnetically. And the way that you get these is uh, these little uh, boxes that are scattered throughout the stage. So if you run into one of the boxes, it's got an icon of the relevant shield on it. And there are other boxes. There are like coin boxes that give you 10 mm-hmm. uh, coins or extra life boxes. Or an or Eggman speed up box. boxes. Yeah, the Eggman box that just punks you. Yep, pretty much. Like takes away some coins. Mm-hmm. But generally you're going to find one of these three boxes, the flame bubble or lightning shields, and those those give you the shield. The way that they articulate for characters that are not Sonic is that they basically just function as an extra hit that you can sustain before mm-hmm. you lose rings. Next up, you can play as Sonic and Tails together. Mm-hmm. So the main player can play as Sonic and you can have a friend that's playing as Tails. Um, the mechanics will work the same for each of them, except... Tails can, like, carry Sonic. Yeah. Which um, is really, really helpful for accessing secret rings, especially if, um, technically, as Sonic, you can access secret rings pretty much wherever they are. The level Mm -hmm. will give you that ability. But if you miss it, sometimes you won't get the momentum to be able to access it again, but Tails might be able to fly you there. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Tails, you can play as Tails by himself. um, And as we said before, you can use his flying ability. Mm Mm-hmm. Knuckles is a very interesting character. He's Sonic's uh, nemesis in this game. Yeah. He does not jump as high as the other two characters. Got more weight. He has a bit more weight. It's going to stop him from being quite as uh, athletic. Mm -hmm. However, he has a few abilities that are very unique to him. One of which would be gliding. Mm -hmm. Which allow him to cover long distances. While he'll slowly float towards the ground. He can't go up like Tails can. That's the main distinction between them. Knuckles can also climb walls. Um, which will help him get around, you know, hard to reach places. Th- mm-hmm. It also will help you get to places that only he is supposed to access. Yeah. Normally, Sonic and Tails can spin dash through certain stone walls. However, there are like metallic looking walls that only Knuckles can destroy. Yeah, at the risk of nostalgicizing too much, um, I remember finding it exceptionally cool 
as mm-hmm. a kid when I had played Sonic 3, where uh, in the base Sonic 3 cart, you can only play as Sonic and Tails. Mm-hmm. But once you connect Sonic and Knuckles to it, you can play as Knuckles in those mm-hmm. levels that you've already gone through. Those six stages from Sonic 3. And mm-hmm. I remember my mind being blown when yep. there was like a rock wall that was present in Sonic 3. But I was mm-hmm. I was wondering for the preceding year or whatever, like, well, what's that about? Right. And then once you get Sonic and Knuckles, you can just tackle right through it. That was such a mystery. It's this just this little thing that kind of opens things up for you where you're like, mm-hmm. wow, like something in a game that isn't accessible now, but will be in the future. Like it, I feel like it primed everybody for MMORPGs, you know? Yeah. What do we have for the special stages, though? These are, uh, these are when you encounter a giant ring throughout, uh, one of the Sonic 3 and Knuckles stages. You go into an entirely unique presentation for the game. Yeah, the special stages, um, so they're built like a checkerboard. Yeah, you're like behind Sonic. Once you enter the special stages, the point is to collect the, um, is to collect the Chaos Emerald. And to do this, you have to collect all the blue spheres. Which are littered about. Mm-hmm. However, there's also red spheres that are everywhere. If you land on any red sphere at any time, you will fail the special stage. Yeah. So you have to avoid them at all cost. Also, once you collect a blue sphere, it'll turn that blue sphere red. Mm-hmm. So again, you need to be cautious. Um, there's also yellow spheres that will launch you in the air. Yeah. Lastly, a lot of the blue spheres that you see will kind of be in square form because, again, it's like a checkerboard. It'll be like six by six. Or and it'll four be like by six four. by six. Exactly. If you collect them all in like a nice tidy little box, they'll yield rings. Yeah. I think if you collect 50 rings, you'll get a continue. This is really cool and feels inessential when you're playing the game as a kid, mm-hmm. but is in fact critical to getting the good ending of the game since mm-hmm. it's what get you, gets you uh, Chaos Emeralds. Exactly. And um, in Sonic Origins, it's not quite as important to get the continues. But right, back right, in the right. Sega Genesis era, trust you me that I was getting those continues. Yeah, in Sonic Origins, there's an added uh, bonus collection thing to the game where you can collect these. Um, mm-hmm. They're like uh, super rings or something where they let you continue the bonus stages yeah. if you fail. So that, mm-hmm. that that's really helpful. It makes getting the good endings much easier in Sonic Origins than in the original. Yeah, it's like I got um, all the super emeralds, chaos emeralds and super emeralds in the game. Yeah. But I'll be honest, if this is the first time I played this game at 37, I don't think I'd be able to do it. <laughs> I never got them when I played as a kid. <laughs> really? It's just too hard. Yeah. They are so hard. It's just muscle memory now that I'm just like, got through them and I managed to complete it where it's just to the point where I was just like, I don't think I'd have the coordination anymore if I was just learning this. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's very, um, even more than the, like the 2d sections, mm-hmm. this is very like turn on a dime. Like yes. you really need to get your, your movements right on this. It's and it's not, it's not science. full 3d. It's like, it's actually a grid, even though it looks fully 3d, mm-hmm. like everything is in these straight gridded patterns, but you need to make these 90 degree turns at just the mm-hmm. right time to, to get all of your, uh, blue spheres. Yeah, because I also forgot that there's um, white spheres, too, which act as, like, which will ping you backwards. Yes, of course. Oh, yeah, those will get you. Mm-hmm, and that's shooting you right into red spheres, so you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. So speaking of those Chaos Emeralds, uh, once you collect them by uh, completing seven of these special stages, you get rewarded with a super form. So that's uh, Super Sonic, Super Tails, or Super Knuckles. Supersonic is invincible, he turns yellow, it 
feels like a Dragon Ball Z riff. I don't know if Dragon Ball Z was around when this came out. But uh, Supersonic is invincible. He can only be killed by being crushed or falling off cliffs, and he's much faster. He has a higher jump. Uh, but critically, you can only turn into Supersonic once you have 50 coins, and the coins are constantly draining once you're Supersonic. So you have to be collecting them or eventually hit zero and return to regular Sonic. Tails does not get a new form uh, if he collects all of the seven regular Chaos Emeralds, though he will get a new form if uh, the player collects all of the Super Emeralds, which we'll get around to in just a moment. Knuckles gets a super form where he's invincible and slightly faster, but also glides more quickly uh, once he activates that after getting all of the seven Chaos Emeralds. Now, if you have connected the two games, you have the ability to not just get the seven Chaos Emeralds, but also seven Super Emeralds for a total of 14 Emeralds. But once you get those, you access Hypersonic, Hypertails, and Hyperknuckles. Hypersonic gains the ability to use a double jump as well as an airborne dash attack, which is pretty slick, uh, and he's even faster than his super form. Tails, once he gets the super emeralds, becomes Super Tails and uh, gets access to the Flickies, these little allies. Now, the Flickies were originally from a 1980s Sega game that never had a sequel, but uh, those little cute birds got rolled into the Sonic series, so here, here they are. So uh, there are three little flicky allies that seek out and destroy enemies on the screen, including bosses, uh, once you turn into Super Tails. The final of these characters is Hyper Knuckles, mm-hmm. who, uh, this is really neat. When Knuckles glides into a wall in his ultimate form, he creates a shockwave that kills enemies around the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he jumps higher, he's faster, He's not as fast as Sonic, but he's still a darn sight faster than regular Knuckles. Yeah. So the last section that we have here in gameplay is the competitive mode. Mm-hmm. I've never really played around with this too much. I know my sister and I played it a little bit as kids, but uh, you're basically racing one another through one of, I want to say it's four stages that you're given. So competitive mode covers like... um I think there's like a Casinoopolis type zone. There's like a yeah. um I know Sandopolis is in there. Like Sandopolis that's the one that I remember. Zone. Yeah. You know there's a, there's an original one there's a mine that's not present in any of the other stages. It's like a Sonic 3 mine. That's pretty cool. The only thing is like it's not terribly fun from what I remember because uh Tails can't, can't Tails can't fly and Knuckles can't glide. Yeah. They have none of their abilities. They're all just carbon copies of each other. Right. And you can get, um, I think, like, power-ups, but they don't really do anything. It's literally just there to kind of copy Sonic's 2, or Sonic 2's competitive mode, which I think is better, in my opinion. Yeah, it very much feels like a, uh, like a shadow of a shadow. So now on to our walkthrough of Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 ended with Robotnik's Death Egg, which (laughs) is basically a Death Star with Robotnik's face on it. 
mm-hmm. being dropped from orbit by Sonic. But unfortunately, in Sonic 3, it has crashed into the mysterious floating Angel Island in Sonic's world. I think it's called the Floating Island until much later, where they could get like the rights oh. to call it Angel. Is that the truth? I believe Angel so. Because Angel Island Zone is in Sonic 3, so you'd think they had the rights to Angel Island I already. I think that there was an issue... And it might not have been in the video game, but definitely in the comic books, they could not call it Angel Island for the longest time because that of is uh, fascinating. religious reasons. Wow! Yep. I can look <laughs> into that. Listeners, if you have any details on that, send them our way. Again, I believe so. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I do Pretty remember being called the Floating Island for a long time. Angel Island's guardian, Knuckles the Echidna, has been brainwashed by Robotnik to stop Sonic from his approach to the island. And while Knuckles is distracted, Robotnik rebuilds the Death Egg and prepares to relaunch it into orbit using the power of Angel Island's Chaos Emeralds. Mm-hmm. Supersonic and Tails, meanwhile, in an opening cutscene, approach the island on a plane, but Knuckles beats Sonic up and takes the emeralds back, forcing Sonic to give chase and try to recover those Chaos Emeralds. See, I like this and dislike this. I mm-hmm. like the continuity. Right. That they're basically assuming that Sonic collected the Chaos Emeralds and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. And, like, that's how he survived, like, crashing back down to Earth. But I don't understand how a regular Echidna could just, like... Punches him. Hit Super Sonic. The invincible Super Sonic and just take his Emeralds. Yeah, and we fight Knuckles later on. He's, uh, he's not a big shot. No. I mean... Again, it's a video game. It's a means to an end. It's a means to an end. So I'm not going to argue the point, but I'm just like, really? Yeah, it's very Metroid-esque where they need to explain why Samus doesn't have her powers at the beginning of each game. Mm -hmm. Whereas in The Legend of Zelda, you're just simply Link in another timeline. Right. So he doesn't have his powers. Yeah. Right. He's a new guy. Yeah, it's a lot more expedient. It's, it's, It's a really interesting problem in iterative video game entries. Mm-hmm. The different studios solve different ways. And I, I'm curious to explore that over the future of uh, the show. Mm-hmm. So our first world here is Angel Island Zone. Act one, it's uh, kind of a basic jungle stage. You've got a lot of trees. Uh, there are the noteworthy enemies here include. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, peek behind the curtain, listeners. I named all of the enemies in this game with what I thought they looked like, and then Hamilton went through using the official Sega-published Sonic Encyclopedia, as he is mm-hmm. a man of culture. Don't buy this book. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you my description and the actual name. My description for uh, the first noteworthy enemy in Angel Island Act 1 is Tree Monkey. Mm-hmm. Official name Monkey Dude, so I wasn't far off. Yeah, uh, this fella was. just throws stuff at you from trees. Mm-hmm. He's all coconuts right. or whatever. Yeah. Then you've got the electric slug, mm-hmm. <laughs> Catakiller Junior. Catakiller Junior specifically. Yeah, I like these guys because you have to hit their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, if you hit the rest of their body, you'll get a shock, mm-hmm. and most of them is body. So the Bluminator is—it's like a giant flower. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of like spits fireballs or spits, or maybe it's like spit spikes. It spits something from yeah, the uh, I gotcha. from the top blossom. Right. Yeah. You got to watch out for that. Mm-hmm. As far as obstacles, you've got these zip lines that allow you to move really quickly across long distances downward. 
mm-hmm. if you find them, which is pretty neat. Uh, it certainly was a very striking image in 1994. Yeah. The mini boss here is Fire Breath. <laughs> it's a machine that lowers slowly from the top of the screen on either the left or right side and shoots little fire out. And you just mm-hmm. have to hit it enough times now, without getting hit by the fire. That being said, like, it does make quite an entrance because when it, you first arrive on Angel Island, it's very green and beautiful. And then Fire Breath shows up and just sets the entire place on fire. You know, that's a good point. Uh, and that that actually leads into Act 2 because mm-hmm. uh, this introduces us to our first instance of the Act 2 of a zone looking different from Act 1, mm-hmm. which is not the case in any previous Sonic game. Mm-hmm. Act 2 of Angel Island is kind of burned up. All of the, the foliage has fire on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got these water areas now where you can duck down underneath the water line. Uh, but the trade-off there is that Sonic, uh, or Tails, or Knuckles, or whoever you're playing as, is constantly mm-hmm. losing air and needs to get access to water bubble- bubbles to replenish their uh, oxygen supply. Mm-hmm. This stage culminates in dashing past an airship that's dropping bombs. You basically just need to run as quickly as possible to the side of the screen. It's very funny if you're playing as Sonic and Tails, because Tails just (laughs) haplessly gets hit by the bombs. He'll constantly get hit. (laughs) Just can't keep up. He can't die, but he'll keep getting hit. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of unintentional comedy here at the end of Act Mm 2. But then you fight the Egg Scorcher Mark III. Basically, you've got Sonic... uh, or your your playable character on a central a large central platform and this boss will shift uh behind a waterfall to appear mm-hmm. at the far left or the far right and shoot a fireball downward mm-hmm. and you need to jump over that fireball and then hit the boss while not falling into the pit beneath them this is one of those bosses where um if you have the flame shield it's a joke oh yeah trivial because it can't hurt you yeah so we have Hydro City Act 2, which is honestly one of my favorite zones. Or Hydrocity. This or is a Hydro point of contention. Yeah. I know. Hydro City, Hydrocity. Kind of whatever. I like Hydro City. I think Hydro City sounds cool because it's Got Hydro in a city. To each their own. But I love this place. It's it's obviously underwater based, um, be it Hydro. So you have to watch out for air bubbles. Treat the bubble shield like gold. It's your lifeline. There's also like little areas and tubes where um, you hold on to tubes. You're supposed to, like, press the jump button to kind of, like, break the tube so you can get through. Um, And you'll have, like, geysers that'll shoot you upwards. It's a lot of moving water and a lot of of high-paced movement. But again, it's fun. It's very vertical compared to any previous Sonic game. There's also, like, little hands that'll uh, spring up. They'll grab you and do, like, a a Sonic CD Mm -hmm. upward movement... Ability that'll, like, shoot you forward. Yeah, they look like something from, like, a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yeah, it's very silly. Yeah. But it's very cool, because those are the um, the ones that'll, like, shoot you up tubes, and then you're gonna run down tubes, and um, the ever-iconic running along the water. It looks so it cool. It looks like, amazing. Maybe it marks me out as, as a child <laughs> of the 90s, but this, mm-hmm. like, Sonic running along the water, yep. I'm not sure any video game has achieved that level of fun. I don't think, like, that, the first time any person has seen that, I dare you to say that that was not an awesome moment for you. Right, right. That really brings home just how fast this character moves. Mm-hmm. Because if you slow down, he falls in the water. Yep. And you're saying, well, duh, of course. But I'm saying, well, yeah, 
Be- that's how cool the mechanic is. <laughs> this will also bring you to the enemies. Yeah. Um, so there's like piranhas that just kind of swim about in the uh, water. Mm-hmm. Not much to say about them. One thing I don't remember, Chris, maybe you can clarify. Do sure. they latch on to you? Golly, it's funny you should ask that. My (laughs) recollection from playing as a kid is that they do, but in my last playthrough, they never did. I just, Mm -hmm. I always killed them too quick. Yeah. I think they might latch on to you. I don't know. There's also the Blastoid, which is like a, like a beetle looking creature. Yeah, it just moves along the ground. Uh, It kind of moves along the ground. It sees you, gets shocked and shoots at you. Mm Mm-hmm. The Clamor is an enemy that's, well, as you might imagine, it's kind of like a clam. It also has like a little cannon, tries to shoot at you. Yeah, I don't remember these guys. Right? Um, it's not, <laughs> too many enemies. not too hard to kill. And then there's the flying sharks, also known as Jaws. Love these guys. Yep. These are like flying torpedoes that are made up to look like sharks. They're very cute. Very Mega Man-esque. Yes. The, um, the Encyclopedia says, it zooms across the sky and is so happy to see you. <laughs> Get your money's worth out of the encyclopedia. Clearly, the one time it's an I investment. am. <laughs> yeah. And the mini boss of this, a very interesting boss indeed, is called the Big Shaker. This is a cool boss. I don't like to play it, but it's mm-hmm. very cool in concept. So what he does is that he will kind of jump up into the sky. He'll um, like kind of come down. Like, how do I put this? Like a skating rink. Yeah, like you're in a concave arena where at the yeah. bottom it's like it's a curve at the it's bottom. It's a curve. And then he'll like skirt the curve. Yeah, you're at the bottom of a half you. pipe. And he will uh kind of go through the half pipe twice. Mm-hmm. He'll attach himself to a um like a like a tube in the middle. And then he'll shake the water around. Mm-hmm. Which will cause you to kind of go spinning around the water, which could be very dangerous for you because you will have a hard time jumping out of this water. You can to get air, but you need to be careful. Very momentum-based. Like, this is really mm-hmm. where your momentum works against you, and the water momentum is different from land momentum. Mm-hmm. And you have a very limited space to move in. Mm-hmm. Knuckles can just hang on to the side above the water line. Mm-hmm. And it makes this fight much easier, I think. Now, also, if you have the bubble shield, oh, this, yeah, this yeah. thing is impossibly simple because... You just keep bouncing into him, and you will kill him very quickly. Right. And you can't drown. Yeah. After you beat Big Shaker, you're led to Act 2. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of more of the same. Um, as with Angel Island and Angel Island Level 2, the music will mm-hmm. change. Right. Um, it'll either get more funky, or it'll change. I love that about this game. Yeah, the aesthetic doesn't change as much here, though. Yeah, not as much as the last one. You start off with a sliding wall that you have to um, outpace. Yeah, this is so scary. Yeah, and if you're a first-time player, you might get a little bit rough, because you're underwater, so you have to deal with the underwater physics and momentum, and you're trying Mm -hmm. to, like, speed dash your way through walls. It's really, it's leaning into the momentum of the game, Mm -hmm. that, like, the challenge is mastering Sonic's momentum, or Tails or Knuckles' momentum for the space underwater. It's, it's, uh, It's cool and tense, but also not that long. So, throughout the game, you're going to run into your nemesis, Knuckles. Yeah. And I love it. I love it because he does little things to get in your way. For instance, to lead into Hydra City or Hydrocity at the end of Angel Island Act 2 boss, he flips a switch that causes you to fall into the city. Right. So I also love the fact that there's transitions, like how to get into the next zone. 
And it's not overwritten like a more modern platformer would be. Like, there's not dialogue. Right, there's not dialogue. You run into Knuckles, he, like, Mm -hmm. he hams it up for a second with some animation and then drops you into some death. And drops you into the next thing. It's like, oh, here we go. Right. Kind of like in this one where you end up in a, um, in, like, a small pit with with just a bridge. He flips a switch and the bridge falls. And then you run into Eggman, the boss of Act 2, who is in... The Egg Vortex. You might find this boss more annoying than hard. <laughs> it takes a while. So what happens with the Egg Vortex is that it has a giant uh, fan on the bottom. He'll kind of go down to the water and cause like a little water spout, which can suck you Yeah, and you the water's in. about like waist high. Like you aren't yeah. going to drown in this water and it won't Im- impact your momentum. So it's like you need to jump onto the, um, onto, like, the top of the spout and then jump yeah, on the top of him. Spout. Right. Or he'll drop like little like exploding water bombs. Mm-hmm. But if you jump on the water bomb or the uh, explosion that launches you upwards, you can also use that to hit him. Mm-hmm. So it's again, it's more like a like a fight of adver- like not a fight of adversity, fight of patience. Yeah. And when he's making the water spout, you can be pulled in if you don't move away fast enough right. while he's producing the spout that you can be mm-hmm. sucked up into his fan and lose ring. Into the fan and lose ring. So. That you have to be careful. But once you do enough hits, you're led into the next zone by a giant water or a giant geyser of water shooting you in the air. I'm glad you remember this. The the transitions (laughs) just glaze right past my memory. I'm just like from the end of one zone to the beginning of another. I'm in a fugue state. Mm -hmm. I just get me get me to moving fast. You know, I I don't know what happens between when I'm controlling the character. (laughs) Next, we get Marble Garden Zone. Act one here sees Sonic uh, falling down these hills. It's a little, uh, mm-hmm. it's a little like Greek influenced. It's got this kind of like um, Mediterranean ruin atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And as Sonic falls down these hills, uh, there are these uh, rings uh, that he can grab onto. Not not the golden rings that he collects, mm-hmm. but rather these rings that are attached to pulleys. And as he slides up those, it will open different areas below him. There are also these spinning tops that if you jump onto uh, tops as in, um, you know, like the spinning uh, children's toy. Mm -hmm. And as they lower down to the ground, they just skyrocket along the ground even faster than Sonic can move until they hit a wall. Mm -hmm. I'm never sure what causes them to stop or disappear. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they disappear and sometimes they just stop and you have to reroute. Yeah. If you move on them fast enough uh, forward, they can also gain air. Mm-hmm. So you're incentivized to uh, kind of like gain some momentum on them in one direction, then in the other direction, then in the other direction until you get to where you want to go and then plop mm-hmm. them onto the ground and they'll rocket you forward. And they mm-hmm. can sometimes knock out walls, which is pretty cool. Yes. Sometimes you actually have to use them to knock out walls. Precisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can get stranded and need to go back and find another top. And I promise you, it'll make complete sense when you play the game. It yeah, really it will. <laughs> You've got uh, mud and tar pits, which sound like what they are. They'll drag you down if you don't jump out of them, and then you'll die if you get to the bottom. Mm-hmm. There's a drill bot constantly tunneling through the stage as you go. You'll mm-hmm. It'll pop up every once in a while. And I, for the life of me, thought that you could kill this thing if you mm-hmm. hit it during the stage. And I always try. To I this try day, too. I always hit it. It, it can't die. It can't. No, it just it survives. And it, it's theoretically drilling through the stage and causing the various seismic mm-hmm. um, activities that alter the geometry. Mm-hmm. 
The other enemy that we have highlighted here is the Mantis. Can you tell us about that, Hamilton? They're, um, like grasshoppers. They're not, you know, terribly difficult enemies, but they will jump at the wrong time and you might end up running into them. They seem kind of like you're harassing them, not the other way around. Right, because as you spin dash the level or you run, they'll actually sometimes just jump out of your way. (laughs) (laughs) Bless bless them, yeah. I know. (laughs) You ever, Hamilton, do you ever encounter those like big camel crickets? You ever see them? Mm -hmm. These things feel like those camel crickets where you're like, hey, I'm just minding my own business. And then they'll just hurdle themselves through a room. Hurl themselves into your face. (laughs) Yeah, that's what these guys are like. Yep. The mini boss here is Tunnelbot. That's who's been, you've been kind of dogging it throughout the stage. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot to it. It's got two drills on the top. Uh, you're in uh, kind of a subterranean chamber. And uh, as it moves up, you need to hit it from the bottom. And as it moves down, you need to hit it from the top. Mm-hmm. Act two is visually similar to act one, but appears to be in greater distress there's a lot more um like hills forming as you're going through the stage which again was a pretty cool effect in 1994 Mm -hmm. the main thing here is that at the climax of the stage uh you get kind of two parallel versions of the level geometry like a background and a foreground version Mm -hmm. and the background version is lowering because of the the various tectonic shifts and so you as sonic tails or knuckles need to move quickly enough through the stage that the lowering portion doesn't squish you i remember it being really scary as a kid but Mm -hmm. playing it now it only takes about two seconds Mm -hmm. the boss here is the egg drillster mark (laughs) two this is kind of the first really interesting boss fight to me so interesting this is really sonic team stretching their legs Robotnik has fully destroyed the landscape with the Egg Drillster Mark II. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he'll come flying through from left to right, from top to bottom, or from bottom to top, with kind of a drill outstretched in front of his machine. And you, mm-hmm. as Sonic, being held by Tails, need to navigate to not get hit by him, but to hit him mm-hmm. while he goes flying through the screen. Then you fall off the bottom of the screen and Tails pulls you back up. Mm-hmm. Do you know how this articulates if you play as Tails, Hamilton? I think if you play as Tails, I think you just hit him with your Tails. I remember this being a lot harder with just Tails. Yeah, this is a this is a pretty tricky boss fight. And, and you know, one of the problems with this is that if you get hit, whether you're Sonic or Tails, mm-hmm. your rings basically just fall off the bottom of the screen. So you have only yeah. got two hits in this boss fight. That's going to be the biggest thing. Yeah, you're not going to be able to recover your rings here. This is a really tricky one. Mm-hmm. This is just me as like a sprite work nerd. But the scaling of the sprites here is really neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Robotnik will like fly into the background and you'll see his sprite get smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Now Knuckles gets a, an entirely different boss. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's still theoretically the Egg Drillster Mark II, but it's uh, it's underground because Knuckles obviously doesn't have a buddy who can airlift him. Mm-hmm. Knuckles can't get up to the hallway that leads to Sonic and Tails' boss fight uh, because of his jump height. So he Mm -hmm. has to travel down and fights this subterranean Egg Drillster Mark II where it shoots multiple wires out Mm -hmm. from floor to ceiling. And then one of those wires it will travel along and Knuckles needs to hit it as it travels along between those two points. It's a little easier, but I like the fact they made it different. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah.
How about Carnival Night Zone, Hamilton? So Carnival Night Zone has areas where, like, there's, like, spinning candy cane ramps, where as you run down them, you'll just kind of, um, you'll kind of circle them as you're running. Mm-hmm. Definitely adds, like, visual flair to it, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, and you'll get these in later stages that just don't look like this, but this, right. like, spinning around a central cylinder mm-hmm. uh, becomes kind of a visual touchstone for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's these up and down barrels, which, um, there's one part of it, which is kind of a nightmare at first. Mm-hmm. It's like a momentum. So it'll go down, it'll go up, and then down further, up further, down further, etc. And you'll just need to use those barrels to kind of navigate through the level. There's one point where you have to do this, or you can't move through. And as a kid, I actually got stuck here. <laughs> I did too. I never finished the game. And I never finished the game until my father <laughs> or somebody helped me. I think it was my dad actually played his tales and got through that. And that was the only way I was able to get through that level. This is a very cathartic experience for me, Hamilton, because mm-hmm. I, I never got through this until uh, I played like the oh, Xbox no. 360 version in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I own I own the strategy guide and like mm-hmm. the instructional booklet doesn't tell you how to do this. And the strategy guide doesn't tell you right. how to do this. It just no one it does. all assumes yep. that you understand these stupid platforms. The stupid freaking mechanic. And I did not for the life of me when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, there's also anti-gravity platforms. Yeah, these are cool. I mean, they just serve to teleport you kind of up and down to the stage, but it looks cool. And there's, like, one, I think, at the very end where Knuckles will end up, um, instead of letting you go up, he'll make you go further down or something like that, and he'll lead you to the final boss. So, again, right? I love things like that, where Knuckles is just getting in the way. Yeah. There's also noteworthy enemies here. There's the bats, or the bat bots. Uh-huh. Um, exactly how they sound. They're just kind of flying around. They're bats. They're kind of annoying. They're bats. There's, like, electric grenade guys who are called Sparkles. I like these guys. They are a, they're a red mm-hmm. alert enemy because you usually encounter a hallway with like maybe three of them on the top and three of them on the bottom. Mm-hmm. You see them and you're like, oh, no. And you, you <laughs> kind of, oh, no, just long enough for them to detonate. And it shoots these little electric projectiles out. Mm-hmm. I like that. There's also the mini boss, which is called the bowling spin. What do you think about this guy? I know. He has a very interesting mechanic. So what he does, he will send... Like, the bottom of his... It's like the spinning tops from the previous level, except this one has uh, spikes on it. Yeah. And he'll send it down at you, and it'll kind of pong its way through the game. Mm-hmm. I forgot what that game is, where... Breakout. You, breakout, where you have, like, the dot... And yeah. To like, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, like it's anti-breakout. Like, the mm-hmm. boss is breaking out the floor. Mm-hmm. With this top, and you can stand on top of the top as it makes these arcs. Mm-hmm. But if you hit the bottom of the arc, you get damaged. Right. This is real tough. And it's tough because it's timed, because as the um, the spike thing kind of, again, kind of pongs its way through mm-hmm. and destroys the, uh, the bottom, it can actually destroy your platform, and you will fall yep. through and you'll die. Yeah. So you really have to make sure that you hit him. And the only way to damage this boss... Is to have its own uh, spinning spiky thing hit it. Yeah, you have to like hit it to open it. Right. While the the ponging top moves towards it in an arc. Right. And if the ponging top hits it while it's open briefly, then it gets damaged. But once you do eventually kill it, um, that'll lead you to Act 2. 
where Knuckles will turn off the lights at one point, mm-hmm. and he'll actually raise a water level as well. Mm-hmm. So it becomes kind of like a half, half underwater, half Carnival Night Zone. Mm-hmm. Not too many changes there. Um, there's more anti-gravity platforms, more up right. and down barrels, until eventually Knuckles hurls uh, Sonic up through the tube, and you fight the Egg Graviton. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that, so there's like four bulbs that are attached to the uh, the egg, Eggomatic. Yeah, like the, the kind of core Robotnik robot. Yeah. When the orbs spin and they'll shoot down lightning, it acts as a gravitational pull, which will pull Sonic towards it. All you have to do is run away from it. Yeah. And then eventually he'll shoot down like a giant, like iron ball. Yeah. He'll just kind of, not really launch it, it'll just kind of fall and it'll bounce towards you. And then float down and pick it up. And as he's floating down, you just keep jumping on him and attacking him. It's got some good weight to it. Like, you don't see mm-hmm. a lot of good weight physics in right. 2D games, but, like, this orb really feels heavy. It does. I mean, it looks like yeah. it'll smash up a little a little hedgehog into nothing. Yeah. But when you eventually uh, kill that boss, Sonic and Tails will travel through, like, an underground path with, um, with uh, snow, which mm-hmm. will lead them to Ice Cap Zone. However... Knuckles bypasses this entirely, and I like the fact that he bypasses this because it makes sense for him. It doesn't make sense for him to fight any boss in this. He sent you upwards. Right. Now he's going through his own secret tunnel or wherever he's going to go. So you travel down a hidden lower path, and you just go onto Ice Cap Zone. Yeah, this is interesting. This is really where the stages... I mean, the previous boss diverged a little bit as Knuckles, but Mm -hmm. this is where the stages start to diverge a little bit more as Knuckles. Mm-hmm. where, uh, like, he he gets to just entirely skip portions of it. So, uh, like I said, I didn't finish the game as a kid. I did finish it as Knuckles, because he got to skip that horrible barrel. The thing is, like, again, I have to give this game props. I mean, for a 1993 game? Yeah, that's that when it was being out? made. In 94 it came out, oh, in 93 it, it was out? being made, yeah. I love how not lazy they are with this game. Mm-mm. There's so many parts where I could be like, ugh. Of course, just lazy mechanics. But I mean, like, they even made, like, Knuckles' journey through this make sense. Yep. So this leads on to the next zone, which I'll let uh, Chris cover. But I have to say, before anything starts, that Ice Cap Zone has the best music. It really does. The best. So Ice Cap Zone sees us snowboarding at the start of it as Sonic. Tails ah, does not so get cool. to snow. It, man, it, it's so if you cool. could freeze, if you could freeze 1994 as a moment right? in time, right? It's Sonic snowboarding down the start of this level. Like listeners, again, we're old, but I mean, like, I would say late 80s, early to mid 90s was a time where things had to be rad. Oh yeah, you know? extreme, extreme. You made things sharp. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I think that was back when, like, they had like Looney Tunes Extreme or whatever it is. <laughs> like, everything had to be super cool. Oh, yeah. So, seeing a snowboarding Sonic, that oh, hit all the right bases. Yeah, it wasn't a better time, but it was <laughs> a more extreme time. It was extreme. It wasn't a better time. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the start of this, uh, Sonic snowboards down. Uh, a broadly autoplay route. Like, um, you can jump here, but you won't really affect things. You can get a little bit of coins and so forth. Mechanically, it's not too exciting, mm-hmm. but it's it's very cool if you're eight years old. You know what I mean? It's eye candy. And hilariously, at the end, Sonic's snowboard gets stuck in an ice wall, and he gets hit <laughs> with an avalanche. 
And he smashes into the ice wall. (laughs) Lest anybody think that Sonic ends up cool at the end of this, he does not. Right. (laughs) Um, He ends up very wet. Mm -hmm. So um, after the avalanche falls on him, you head through this... um, uh, it's mostly underground in a nice world. You've got these uh, frozen jump pads and item boxes. You need to hit the jump pads that you've been using throughout the game, these little springs or the item boxes once mm-hmm. to get the ice off of them so you can use them. You've got these momentum-based swinging platforms where mm-hmm. you really need to like run up to them or spin dash to them to get them to ascend and give you access to a higher floor. Mm-hmm. There are some noteworthy enemies here. We've got the, I just called them penguins, but Hamilton tells me they're the penguinator. Penguins, penguinator. <laughs> I, I like penguinator more. You know, I guess they're they're not organic <laughs> penguins. They're not of this earth. Mm-hmm. They're basically the uh, the penguin boss from the first Mega Man X. What's that guy's yep. name? Ice penguin. Oh, ice penguin or chill penguin. Yeah, chill penguin. Yeah, they're yeah, chill yeah, penguin, yeah. but you know, mass manufactured. <laughs> yeah. Then finally, you have a mini boss called Big Icedus. Big Icedus, yeah. Icedus, Icedus, huh? It's a floating robot that's got um, a bunch of little uh, dangerous hazards floating around it, like these little spheres, and it shoots the spheres up, and you have to dodge them as they fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. And then, as it doesn't arc downward across the boss arena, you have to hit it. Mm hmm. Act two is more oriented towards the surface. So um, you're sometimes in caverns, but also sometimes up on the surface of the ice. And uh, just again, traveling through many of the same hazards. And this leads to the egg frosted boss. Mm -hmm. Robotnik is kind of floating through the air and he lowers um, a platform. He's got these little jets of ice headed off of the lower platform as well as under his main uh, ship. Mm-hmm. But you need to jump onto the lower platform and then jump up and hit his ship uh, between the jets of ice that shoot out. Mm-hmm. The big difference with Knuckles in this area is that he doesn't get to snowboard. But otherwise, it's pretty much the same. That's another point that we, um, or I think I forgot to mention, is that um, Knuckles actually never fights Eggman. He fights an Egg Robo that's in a uh, Eggomatic. Yes, I'm glad that you mentioned that. The Egg Robo is this kind of uh, Robotnik-shaped robot, but that has a little jetpack. Mm-hmm. He'll go on to play a bigger role in, what is it, Sonic Adventure or Sonic Adventure 2? Yeah. And uh, this kind of gives plausible deniability that Knuckles thinks that these enemies are Egg Robos, that mm-hmm. Robotnik is still an ally. Mm-hmm. And this takes us to Launch Base Zone. This is pretty much where um, Eggman was rebuilding his downed death egg. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how Knuckles didn't notice this. <laughs> or how no one thought that this was a bad idea. But in any mm-hmm. case, it's a very cool level. It is. Very industrial. A lot of purple and yellow. Exactly. In the first act, you're basically kind of going through this kind of lakeside facility. Mm-hmm. There's like pneumatic tubes that you have to go through. I mean, you run through them. They have like little... Little windows in there. You can see Sonic running through. It's cool for the time. Right. There's guillotines to look out for. They can crush you. So you actually do actually need to be careful. Time your jumps. So the elevator capsules, they are how you kind of get to point A to point B in these places, which is kind of an interesting concept. However, to activate them when you go in, it spins Sonic at an unbelievable rate. (laughs) And then it like shoots him to a different part of the stage. And then it slowly stops spinning. Yep. 
I have no idea how Sonic actually, like, walks out of these capsules. <laughs> Sonic has no inner ear. It's just, it's all solid. Either way, looks cool for 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sirens you need to look out for. Um, they'll release these, like, birdbot-looking things. Uh, robot Flybot birds. 767, right? Yep, Flybot 767. Yeah. There's ribots, which are, like, frog guys <laughs> with legs. The legs will kind of drop on you like a... Like little hammers. Or like yeah, little they're weights. vaguely uh, frog-shaped. Yeah. This also leads to one of my favorite scenes. You run into Knuckles, who mm-hmm, launches mm-hmm. a freaking grenade into your building. <laughs> and who gave Knuckles it. a grenade? I know. But it's so cool looking. And then you have to escape the building before it collapses. And then from there you fight the mini-boss Twin Hammer. Mm-hmm. Twin Hammer is a pretty simple boss. It has two... Um, like two spikes uh, connected to chains that'll kind of yep. like whirl around in circles. Right. The two oscillating things will kind of slow down, which will give you the chance to attack Twin Hammer. Right. He'll lose one of them, so you just have one oscillating one, and it makes it even easier. A rare occasion where a boss fight gets easier as it goes. Simple boss, you'll end up killing yep. him, which will lead you to Act 2. I don't know if the water level rose or the base lowered. Right. But there's a lot more water here. But either way, like, yeah, you're kind of going underneath the water a bit. But you're also going into areas that seem like you're more in the sky. It's an interesting level. It is, yeah. Eventually you fight the egg cannon. Mm-hmm. Robotnik is kind of on this, like, corkscrew device. Um, There's, like, a chute that's underneath him. He'll fire, like, cannons at you. Yeah. But instead of, like, exploding, they'll kind of just, like, shoot out. Bounce, yeah. And then they'll kind of roll back and hit nothing, or hit the wall and explode. Your right. job is to jump onto the little chute that pops up. Use that chute to get enough height to hit Robotnik. And and one of the challenges is that you have to quickly identify whether the, the ball that's shot out is uh, like an overhead or an underhead. Mm-hmm. And either jump or duck accordingly before right. it, it hits the ground. But eventually, you'll end up beating him, which will lead to the Egg Rocket. Mm-hmm. He's in his Egomatic that has three different levels on it. Each level of the Egomatic has uh, oscillating lasers that will shoot lasers at you. It's almost like a tower. Yeah. The only thing to watch out for is that you're thinking, oh, because what he'll do is that he will start from the bottom of the screen and rise up. Mm-hmm. He also has an oscillating um, spike. <laughs> that goes along the side of, uh, along the head of where you need to attack him. Yeah, I don't know what this thing that floats around above his head is. It's like a little, um, it's like a steel spiked halo. It's like a steel spike halo thing. Yeah. So you just have to time your jumps very carefully when you're hitting him. However, if you time it just right, or if luck just works out for you, you can get multiple ass hits on him. Yeah, you can. And once you do, be it through, uh, you know, just time and adversity or just supersonic your ass way through it. He will come as the final boss of Sonic 3, slash kind of the halfway point between Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. Right. Called Big Arms. Yeah. So it has giant arms, as As the name suggests, yeah. As the name suggests, in front of it. Be careful. He's going to fly around the screen. Um, He's just going to kind of float downwards, float upwards, float downwards, float upwards. He's just going to try and kind of come towards you. Right. Um, as he's flying through, if he grabs you, 
he will bring you up to the top, and then he'll slam you down, and you'll lose your rings, and you probably won't get them back. Yeah, there's a lot here that's improved in Sonic Origins. This is like a Mm -hmm. secretly improved boss fight, where Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I think is intriguing Mm -hmm. is that uh, this boss can only be fought by Sonic in the original if uh, Sonic 3 is played without being attached to Sonic and Knuckles. Mm Mm-hmm. But in Sonic Origins, it appears regardless. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they've tuned the fight a little bit uh, more kindly as well. So you can get your rings back uh, more easily. Mm-hmm. But they did make it slightly easier. I remember having a hard-ass time in Sonic 3 proper um, against this boss. Right. The only way to hit him, because he has a spiked shell on top of his head. So like literally the only way to attack him is to get him just right, right above the arms but right below the spikes. Mm -hmm. And since he's kind of flying all over the place, that can be a tough thing to do. Very precise. This would have been the end of Sonic 3, which would give you the end scene. You see like uh, the death egg falling into the background. Right. uh, If it's the, uh, if it's the end of Sonic 3. Yeah. In Sonic 3, you see it fall and you see the death egg actually explode. Right. However, in Sonic 3 and Knuckles or in Sonic Origins, you just see the death egg kind of fall. But then everything kind of falls down. So nothing happens to the death egg. Everybody just Mm -hmm. kind of falls to the bottom of the screen. And that will lead you to the next zone. So Mushroom Hill Zone is uh, sort of a summer forest setting. It's the seventh stage of the game if you're playing it as a continuous experience. It's the first if you're playing it just as Sonic and Knuckles. But it opens up with an interesting cutscene where Sonic and Tails move forward and are spying on Knuckles from a higher platform. They see Knuckles go out of this little cave area, and then if uh, if Sonic and Tails, when they jump down, head into that area, they visit the Chaos Emerald Shrine and can start taking on challenges for the Super Emeralds. As you head through Mushroom Hill Zone, there are these big mushrooms that you jump on that make you bounce higher. There is a chain uh, that if you move past it, it will catch you on the ground, and then you need to use the boost to escape the the spin dash. There are floating mushrooms as you head through the stage that you can jump onto, uh, well, I guess grab onto the bottom of to give you a gliding descent. It kind of turns Sonic into Knuckles Mm -hmm. in a way. (laughs) I have a bad habit when I'm using these of uh, (laughs) rapidly tapping the left and right button to make Sonic look directly at me. <laughs> like he kind of he looks and I do this with Knuckles when he's gliding too. too. Yep. I, I don't know what it is. It's a sickness. <laughs> you know, but I make Knuckles like look directly at me as he moves very I've slightly left too. and right. <laughs> looks like a real goofball. Mm-hmm. As far as noteworthy enemies, we have uh these weather vane roosters called cluckoids. Mm-hmm. They'll push a bunch of wind at you. Mm-hmm. The mini boss of Mushroom Hill Zone Act One is Hey Ho, a carpenter robot. <laughs> who chops down trees and hurls mm-hmm. the uh, the pieces of trees at Sonic Tails and Knuckles. It's a lumberjack bot. Yeah, you gotta dodge. You gotta dodge those tree pieces and mm-hmm. hit hey ho. <laughs> 
In Act 2, if you're playing as Sonic and Tails, Knuckles activates a device to launch them up to a higher area where it's autumn. And then we get these kind of cool leaf blowing effects on the scenery where like mm-hmm. little piles of leaves will shift. It's it's just uh, it's a pretty effect that I think, you know, is nice to look at. I know it's just such a nice little detail. And then the season eventually progresses to winter. So mm-hmm. we've got kind of seasonal problems in effect. Uh, Knuckles, obviously, if you're playing as him, doesn't, um, you know, get launched to the higher area, but moves there himself. Mm hmm. The boss of this is the egg scrambler. First, you have to destroy this little weather device that's been uh changing things too rapidly between the seasons and then you chase this egg scrambler through the woods where uh regardless of who you're playing as you need to jump over or under these uh spiked what would you call them they're almost like uh like limbo poles yeah they're like spiked yeah spiked limbo poles i think that's the best way to interpret it (laughs) They're kind of a neat like 3D effect for the era where they mm-hmm. kind of they, they proceed from closer to you than the characters are mm-hmm. into the background. And so uh, you need to avoid those and then hit Robotnik's egg scrambler as he flies through the forest. Mm-hmm. And that takes us on to flying battery zone. If we'll recall earlier, this is the same actual airship that was seen in Angel Island Act 2. I think that's really elegant, but apparently it's a difference in the localization. Really? Yeah, yeah. In the English language version, that ship is referred to as uh, the Flying Hmm. Battery. Mm -hmm. But in the Japanese version, there is no such association. So, you know, take that as you will. Maybe it is and maybe it isn't. Or maybe it's a different... I mean, this is Eggman. He probably has multiple airships. I like to think that it's the same one. But either way, we land onto Flying Battery Zone, which is a giant airship. Yeah. This area is pretty interesting. There are a lot of things you have to watch out for. Like the exterior areas will have um, like giant propellers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Also, the exterior areas will have bottomless pits or areas where you mm-hmm. kind of have to jump from platform to platform on the bottom of the yeah, airship. Yeah, like under the ship. Yeah. There's gravity pull ceilings, which will kind of... Um, so there's like an electric platform and then there's electrified ceilings and that'll kind of mm-hmm. pull that towards this uh, pull... Like the platforms toward the ceiling. Yeah, but not Sonic. But not Sonic. So you have to actually be standing on the platform to be able to be pulled to different areas. Yep. There's hangers and monkey bars here, which you'll need to use just so, again, you don't fall into bottomless pits. Yeah. As far as enemies are concerned, there's the blaster, which is like a rolling bug tank looking thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, cute looking thing. And a techno squeak, which does literally nothing but just kind of go right and left on the bottom of the screen. I mean, it'll, it'll... who made a robot mouse? Why did anybody make this? I know. Techno squeak. Mm. There's also fake animal cages, which I kind of think is a really cool concept. You've been like trained at this point to understand that like the animal cages are something you should jump onto because you need to save animals. Yeah. These are those like plunger devices at the end of stages normally, but here you encounter them just mid stage and you're You've thinking, been conditioned for this? it. And like some right. of them will either, spawn enemies yeah. will launch you upwards or even better will have a mate have a mini boss inside of it right yeah the end boss of the stage is one of these things right it is called the capsule yeah so how this mechanic works is that it will have two spiked hands mm-hmm. what happens is, is that it'll kind of flail its arms around while staring at you you can see its little eyes when the eyes flash right 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 it's going to attack you 
Um, but it'll only attack at the place that you were at. So as yeah. long as you spin dash out of the way or even just walk out of the way, you're fine. It's just going to attack that one area. What you need to do is stand on top of the head where the plunger is, wait until it flashes, and then get out of the way, and it'll attack itself. Mm-hmm. Once you beat Capsule, that'll lead to Act 2. It seems like you're kind of uh, getting to the top area of the Flying Fortress. True, true, yeah. Where you get a little bit of horizontal scrolling steel platforms. They can push you, so you need to be careful. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of differences in this one. It's just kind of a change in scenery. However, this is one of the few levels that has a pre-boss before you get to the main boss. Changing it up. Where Robotnik, one of the few times you'll actually see him outside the Egomatic, he'll trap <laughs> Sonic. And there's a giant laser thing on the top of the uh, ceiling. Yeah. It'll slowly follow you. And kind of like a capsule, it'll flash. Once it flashes, it's going to shoot a beam down. The two wall lasers that closed you in will slowly get smaller. Mm-hmm. So, every so it gets harder it, as it goes. It gets yeah. harder. It flashes, it shoots down, the area gets smaller. Smaller and smaller. You just have to avoid this. There's no way to actually destroy it. Uh-huh. Once it eventually gets small enough, it'll like self-destruct. Yeah, like it all breaks down, yeah. It breaks down. And Robotnik will run away. From there, you need to, uh, you're you going to try and chase him. You don't really see him. However, this is also going to be a la Marble Garden Zone. This is kind of more of an intense scene mm-hmm. where the geography yeah, really is tough. really changing and you really need to be on top of your game or else you're going to get crushed or you're going to fall down a pit or things are going to happen. So you have to keep climbing and climbing and climbing until you get to the top area. It's just you on a beam with the egg hanger. Yeah. Robotnik is basically in this device that has two spiked... Like hands? They're connected to the beam. They're connected to the beam. Mm -hmm. And he basically is using these spiked quote-unquote hands to walk along the beam underneath you to hit you with the spikes. Right. Eventually, he'll kind of swing himself upwards. Right, yeah. And you can hit him. Yeah, and there's kind of a glitch in the original version of this as well. I I guess glitch isn't the right word because it... Like, it wasn't a, a programming error. Mm-hmm. But Robotnik is the stage boss here. Right. Uh, even in Knuckles' story, mm-hmm. which doesn't actually make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess they just forgot to swap in the Egg Robo character. But this yeah. is fixed in Sonic Origins. Mm-hmm. But after this, you end up plummeting into Sandopolis Zone. So in Sandopolis Zone, we've got a desert region. We've got sand, big stone pyramids everywhere. Mm-hmm. Sonic uh, can spelunk in this area where mm-hmm. you grab onto these little um, like hanging wires and then uh, can jump down the sides of temples mm-hmm. or sometimes across expanses between temples. Mm-hmm. There's block pushing. You can uh, like move these blocks along to get them onto uh, lower areas that uh, you can then stand on them and head across quicksand. Mm-hmm. As far as enemies, we've got the Scorp, which is a scorpion. Mm-hmm. The Rockin, maybe my <laughs> favorite named enemy in the game, which are uh, enemies disguised as blocks that otherwise you just you jump on and they crumble. But sometimes you jump on them and they're these just little dudes with big old bug eyes who walk around. You hurt nobody. 
For the mini-boss, we have this uh, creature called the Guardian, which is uh, kind of a stone core that appendages and a head appear out of after a uh, temple rises from the desert floor. And uh, there's a quicksand pool at the far left of the boss arena. So the boss will jump towards your character, and you can hit it in the face to knock it backwards and pop all the appendages off, and then they... they Come back out like a turtle mm-hmm. uh, as it stands back up. And you can do that repeatedly until you knock it all the way into the sand. Or you can stand near the sand or perhaps even in the sand and mm-hmm. lure the, the boss towards you. And it will jump into the sand itself and die. This is what I've done. <laughs> yeah, incredible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> can you? I don't know. This is like the second boss in Sonic and Knuckles that you get to kill itself. It's so much fun. In Act 2, we head on into the pyramid, and uh, it starts out bright, but gets darker as you go. And at a certain point, you let all of these ghosts out of one of those uh, animal cage plunger machines. Mm -hmm. Once the ghosts are free, uh, if the light situation gets too dark, the ghosts will start attacking you. But if you uh, grab onto these little light fixtures, it will boost the light back up to maximum again. Mm-hmm. and uh it will slowly dim so you're you're kind of you're you're racing against time to get to the next one of the light fixtures before it gets too dim mm-hmm. but combined with this you have these little um like sliding door opening contraptions sonic tails or knuckles needs to push them to a certain side and then you'll hear a constant sound as the door that they have opened starts to close you can generally not see that door from the switch itself. Mm-hmm. So then you're rooting around through the stage to find that door and get through it before it closes, but also fighting against uh, time to find a light switch to turn back on to get the ghosts off your tail. Mm-hmm. The end of the stage sees you uh, trying to... You, you got to pop these little containers that release sand. And then there's a, like a rising sand level within the pyramid that you need to run along but not get squished between it and uh, a ceiling. Mm-hmm. At the end, you take on the egg golem, pretty cool boss, mm-hmm. where uh, it's like a gigantic wall-sized robotic creation where its, uh, its back arm will move forward uh, just to slide it closer to you across the, you know, from right to left. But mm-hmm. as the left arm moves forward, you can jump on it and then jump up to expose Robotnik from the otherwise, like, stone facade, hit him, you know, maybe once or twice, and then uh, jump back down before it reforms. So, going to Lava Reef Zone, which also has one of the best themes, in my opinion. The music is amazing. It really does, yeah. So the first part of this is kind of what you'd expect. Giant, lava-filled, kind of underground, like, cave zone. You have to watch out for the lava, obviously. If you get the flame shield, that makes things so much easier, because you can just stand in the lava. Yeah. For enemies, there's, like, a fake rock one, where if you go up to it, it'll kind (laughs) of stare at you, or stare at the screen... And flash and then explode. Very cute. 
There's the gas pipe, so the to- Toxomeister, <laughs> where it'll like envelop you in a gas. It'll just like slowly sap your coins. Yeah. There's also um, large spiked balls you have to watch out for. Yes, I didn't put these in the notes. I'm mm-hmm. glad you noted those. They make a really cool sound when they, they right. roll around. They kind of go back and forth. You just have to watch out for them. And there's also the tunneling bot again. Yeah. The tunneling bot isn't actually a like a mini boss in this case. I don't know if you can kill them, mm-hmm. but they will kind of show up and just kind of cause um, the ground to break. Yeah, they're, they're helpful if you stay out of their way. Eventually, this leads to the mini boss, the heat arms. Mm-hmm. It has one form where it has these giant kind of, um, I don't know if you want to call them eyes. They're on like tentacles like that tentacles. come up on the left yeah, and right. Yeah, they come up on the left and the right. Um, that'll shoot things at you. You need to destroy them. Right. And then the heat arm actually comes up. So it's like a, it's an arm with like three hands, a metallic arm with three hands, or three fingers rather. Yeah, it looks very similar to the arms of uh, like robot Right like big robot at the end of the game exactly but you don't know that you don't know that this time but they kind of follow you around eventually they'll stop yeah and then they'll slam down and you have to hit the fingers and once you destroy all three fingers you destroy the heat arms yeah which will lead you to act two where the lava around you is immediately cooled in a really cool scene where now everything's kind of blue and shiny Mm -hmm. there's like fire shooting from the walls sometimes but other than that it's like you're just going through like a crystalline cavern Mm -hmm. you'll make your way through back to kind of an area that is that is hot again yeah and you'll try to like ascend out of there because you'll see the death egg that fell from sonic 3 uh you get knocked down there if you're playing as sonic and tails Uh, knuckles like hurls a boulder at you that drops you down there if you're knuckles in this case you'll just keep climbing up right because obviously there's nothing to hit a boulder into you he just skips this, yeah. He just skips it. However, if you're Sonic and Tails, you're going to land to an area that is completely covered by lava. Mm-hmm. And then Robotnik shows up in the Egg Inferno. It leads to like an automatic side-scroller. Yeah, a rare auto-scroller in a Sonic exactly. game. Exactly. You have to keep up with the screen, and you have to keep ahead of the missiles because they'll destroy the platforms. Mm-hmm. You'll kind of descend down this giant lava waterfall. Please get the flame shield. <laughs> because as you reach the bottom of this waterfall it's nothing but lava and there are platforms just in case you missed um a flame shield yeah you can do so it. you can do it however the egg inferno is invincible to you it'll only harm itself by shooting out little um exploding balls mm-hmm. and what robotnik will do depending on what side of the screen he's in so if he's like on the right side of the screen he'll cause the um the lava to kind of shift towards the right right so the platforms will flow to the right, and his little bombs will flow to the right, and each of the bombs will hit him. And even if you do have the flame shield, you need to avoid the bombs. It's just a little it's harder just a little if harder. you don't. That's actually going to lead you to the uh, Hidden Palace Zone, which is just one act. Yeah, Hidden Palace Zone mm-hmm. is pretty slick. It's just one act, and uh, Sonic and Tails run through uh, just the various chambers of it until they get to a duel with Knuckles. In front of a stone mosaic depicting supersonic fighting Robotnik in space. Mm-hmm. The boss fight's not very tough. At all. But it's... What, what's the word? It's cathartic, though. It's very cathartic, yeah, to finally beat the heck out of Knuckles. Yes. After that, Robotnik, we, we kind of 
all three of them move into the next chamber to the right Mm -hmm. where Robotnik steals the master emerald. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get to see the same room that we uh, we've seen when we've been using the special stages. Mm -hmm. This is the, the chaos emerald room. But Robotnik uh, takes away the Mastered Emerald using his ship, and Knuckles tries to stop him by grabbing onto the Emerald, but gets electrocuted. Mm -hmm. And Robotnik gets away, which allows him to skyrocket the Death Egg back into orbit using that Master Emerald. Mm -hmm. Knuckles finally sees what's what, and allies with Sonic, Mm -hmm. activating a teleporter to take him and Sonic and Tales of Tales is along all up to Sky Sanctuary Zone. Mm -hmm. Sky Sanctuary Zone is also a single act. It's uh, kind of a ruined floating city. It's got kind of like a like an Atlantis vibe it's to it. It's very cool. Knuckles makes a bridge to get you access to the city itself. And then you have to head over these collapsing paths. You need to avoid the egg robos. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a floating Robotnik-esque robot that shoots lasers. What I think is interesting about this stage is that, A, it's vertical, mm-hmm. unlike any other stage in the game so far. Basically, you're you're kind of constantly ascending upward using a series of ramps and teleporters. Mm-hmm. But also, it's got this layered stage geometry where sometimes like a background portion of the floating city will lower and you can jump up to it from the foreground portion of the floating city. I love this level so much. I do too, and I'm glad they've brought it back in more recent Sonic games. Mm-hmm. It's I feel like it's the Sonic 3 stage that gets used most often in like retro like throwback titles. Yeah, like Sonic Generations brought it back in a beautiful way. Yeah, and uh, Sonic Frontiers brings it back again. Ooh, nice. As far as mini-bosses, we actually have two here. The first is Mechasonic in the Egg Wrecker, mm-hmm. which is a repeat of the first Sonic the Hedgehog 1 boss. Just like he drags a sphere between two platforms and you have to hit Mm -hmm. him uh, as he's floating above that sphere. And then uh, mini boss two is mecha Sonic in the egg bouncer, which repeats one of the final bosses of Sonic two. I think I want to say it's metropolis zone bosses. Yes. But the, the final test here is mecha Sonic himself on his feet. He does various patterns where he'll jump from one side of the screen to the other in one of like several ways. He'll either fly across the top or um, roll along the ground, mm-hmm. or jump halfway across the screen. It's uh, You kind of have to uh, react to it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Once he lands on the other side of the screen, either face towards you, in which case you can get an attack off on him, or face his spikes towards you, and go flying across the screen once again, in which case if you hit him, you get damaged. Mm-hmm. In the end, though, uh, you take Mecha Sonic down a peg, and uh, Sonic and Tails dash up a collapsing spiral staircase to take a teleporter mm-hmm. into the Death Egg. Is it a teleporter? Or they just kind of, like, jump into the Death Egg? But either way, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I, You know, I just played it uh, this evening, but in my mind it's a teleporter, but they might have jumped. <laughs> if you are playing as Knuckles, this is pretty interesting. This is the final stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just get a duel with Mecha Sonic. Mm-hmm. The first phase is exactly the same as the Sonic fight, but the second uh, phase has Mecha Sonic pulling the energy from the Master Emerald. Mm -hmm. And then you have Angel Island descending out of the sky in the distance in the background, which is pretty cool. So you you have to really kind of pretty quickly take out Mecha Sonic as he's powered up. He's even tougher than he was otherwise, or else the island will, will fall and you'll get a game over. Yeah, I wasn't sure if this is in origins but i do remember in the genesis version that if you do not stop him in time Mm -hmm. you lose like the island just falls out of the sky 
Well, anyway, you slice it. Uh, after you beat Mecha Sonic, Knuckles, uh, like uh, Sky Sanctuary starts to explode and Knuckles is saved by Sonic and Tails using their plane. Mm-hmm. And that leads to the end credits. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's the end of Knuckles' story. So for Sonic and Tails, you enter the Death Egg Zone, which unlike the Death Egg in Sonic 2, this is actually a full-fledged zone. It's very cool. It's not just a boss fight, yeah. It's that it's very mechanical. It has like a like a factory spaceship theme. It, it's really awesome. And you start off by doing the ship interior. There's bridges that you can go on, which will kind of go off and on. I don't know how to describe these things. It's like a thing at both sides of a gap, and they shoot little, uh, like, dots across. Right. And that'll let you cross the, the bridge. There's also light tubes, which are really super cool. These are beautiful, I yeah. can't remember if a hand comes up like it does in Hydro City. It's like a countdown It's a timer. countdown timer, There's like yeah. a little countdown timer behind you, and then you, Sonic, uh, like, launches off through yeah. this, um, like a series of like light Like a three, rings. two, one, and then, like, you go through, like, light rings, and, like, it gets you around the zone. Very acrobatic. It, like, flings you all around where it doesn't need to, but it looks nice. As you make it through, you'll get to the mini-boss Red Eye. Cool boss. It is a really cool boss. It's, like, a giant pillar. Yeah. Kind of as its namesake. There's just a giant Red Eye. Yeah. You'll have to jump on platforms, and then you'll have to attack the Red Eye. Um, Once you do enough damage, it actually breaks free of the pillar, and then starts kind of um, flying its way at you. And also, the spiked uh, platforms that you can stand on to attack it will eventually oscillate faster and faster around it. You gotta be really careful with the timing of this. I died maybe two times trying to beat this guy. But once you get the hang of it, right. you'll uh, defeat Red Eye, which will lead you to kind of the outer section of the Death Egg. Mm-hmm. From here, there's like inverted gravity sections. There's also um, conveyor belt elevators, which is... Like, sometimes you just have to stay on the elevator, um, the conveyor belt elevator, and, like, watch for projectiles coming towards you. So- and there will be, like, spikes on the walls. So, like, it'll, if yep. you just stay put, it'll roll you into spikes it'll while you're you waiting it. for it to ascend or descend. And the smaller ones, where they act more like, um, like little platforms, but are still conveyor mm-hmm. belts. Yeah. So you have to just kind of stay on them as they make their way through the level. But as you make your way through here, eventually you'll get the mini boss, the death ball. Once again, you can't attack this, no matter what you do. Even as supersonic, you'll just ping right off. Mm-hmm. However, what will eventually happen is that it'll open up a little um, compartment, and it'll release, depending on, because you have to use anti-gravity in this. Right. So if the anti-gravity has you on the bottom, it's going to release like little spiked platforms, or little spiked devices on like wheels. They're like little Roombas. Like little Roombas, little spiked Roombas on yeah. the bottom or the top. And what you need to do is eventually wait, time it, and use the anti-gravity. And the anti-gravity will cause 
wherever the little Roombas are to shoot either up or down, depending on where the gravity is. And that will hit the um, the death ball. Yep. But eventually, you will defeat it, which leads to kind of the second to last boss-ish. Mm-hmm. The giant Eggman Robo. Yeah. This is like the giant robot proper, kind of similar to the one in, um, in Sonic 2, but much, much bigger. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh like it's the scenery itself, yeah. right? Like it's first it's in the background and it's just got little hands that you need to hurt. Mhm. And then it starts chasing you from left to right. Mm-hmm. I think that fight is kind of interesting because the platform is collapsing. And bear in mind listeners that the background of all of this is space. Mm-hmm. At this point Sonic is just, just out on space. like a space station. <laughs> right yeah the death egg is is up there in the the atmosphere and so you're running along along this collapsing platform and you have to hit a portion of the head mm-hmm. of this thing that's chasing you to open up its weak spot hit it mm-hmm. but then you it's it's a very brief window because after you hit it it will fire a laser mm-hmm. at you and so you need to jump over that as well but also not fall from the platform that you're running along this thing has invincibility uh frames right so if you attack the crystal where the um, the Master Emerald is, mm-hmm. and then you try to attack it too soon again, you'll fall right through and you fall will die. Right and you'll have to start the boss battle yep. all over again. Don't get greedy. Don't get greedy, especially with the last part, because once you defeat the horizontally walking Eggman Robo, so you defeat the fingers, mm-hmm. you defeat the chest area, then Robotnik just tries to run away, or fly away rather, with the Master Emerald. And as you're running, the platforms behind you are falling. So this is a chase sequence, kind of, but you have to attack Robotnik as he's flying away without falling. This is so tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Because again, remember, this game is momentum-based. Yeah, and if you head too far right, mm-hmm. you actually get pushed back towards the collapsing yes, platform. it acts as like, a, as like a bouncing, or like a bouncer. Yeah, you have kind of like a really perfect window to jump up and hit his little uh, flying machine. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the first time that we've gotten to just attack Robotnik's flying machine without him having any contraption attached to it. Like, this is truly him in a desperation mode. Like, he's just trying to run. You can feel the drama. If you get all the Chaos Emeralds, and you're playing as Sonic, specifically, not Tails, not Knuckles, just yep. Sonic, you'll get the Doomsday Zone. This is basically just a three-phase boss fight. You're flying through space as uh, Sonic. You're in your your kind of uh, supersonic or hypersonic mode. You can collect coins to boost that level of coins because it's constantly going down. Mm-hmm. But once you catch up to Robotnik's escape capsule, it's uh, he's firing off rockets, and you need to guide them since they're tracking you. Mm-hmm. You need to kind of guide them into his cockpit. Mm-hmm. If they hit you, they don't damage you, but they do throw you back earlier, so it makes it easier for you to run out of rings. You're on kind of a race against the clock mm-hmm. here. Because once you reach Robotnik, you can't collect any more rings. Exactly. You have to have built up enough in the asteroid field. Mm-hmm. So then, once you destroy that second phase of the uh, the area where it's Robotnik's escape via, uh, rocket, mm-hmm. then it becomes this Robotnik mech uh, from Sonic 2. Mm-hmm. just flying through space and at that point it's very similar to the second phase but uh you need to actually damage it yourself as supersonic mm-hmm. by hurling yourself into it it's going to be a lot of bus- uh, button mashing because your jump it is your jump button is basically your space boost so to speak 
Yeah, it's like a boost button. It's like a boost yeah. button. So, like, when you get hit, you got to, like, mash, 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 mash to get that boost right back up so you can get up to Robotnik and hit him. So this moves us along to endings. If Tails collects all of the Chaos Emeralds or Sonic collects the Super Emeralds, they return the Master Emerald to Angel Island and Angel Island starts to float again. We get a little cut to Knuckles being happy, standing by the Master Emerald and watching Sonic and Tails leave. Mm -hmm. That scene doesn't appear if Sonic has collected only the Chaos Emeralds, but not the Super Emeralds. That's the only difference as far as I can tell with the final cut scene. Mm hmm. Sonic and Tails fly away, accompanied by dolphins and birds. Very cute. If Sonic or Tails fail to get all the Chaos Emeralds, um, the Master Emerald just remain in space. Um, Angel mm-hmm. Island will be stuck on the ocean surface, and Robotnik will gloat for a brief animation about still having the Chaos em- or the Master Emerald. What a jerk! That's your bad ending. They left it there, I guess. Yep. Like they got done and just went. I don't know. They went back. They just home. Shrugged their shrugged their uh, shoulders. They're like, eh, well, what a- <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> What what am I going to do with this? I I can't do anything now. (laughs) But um, in Knuckles' ending, he's saved by Tails from the collapsing uh, Sky Sanctuary. Yeah. If you got all the Chaos and Super Emeralds, the Master Emeralds returned, and Angel Island floats once more. You see it kind of, you know, it starts in the ocean, which is kind of weird, and floats back up. Yeah. Otherwise, if you didn't collect them all, then they'll just remain on the ocean surface, and Mechasonic will gloat about retaining the Emerald. Very similar to the other ending. But that is it for Sonic 3 and Knuckles. It sure is. your uh, final impression of the game this game is wonderful it it holds up marvelously like you really feel the speed mm-hmm. um and i'm a mario guy like i my first ever game was super mario brothers and super mario world is one of my favorite games ever made still but um sonic 3 and knuckles you really you feel the speed mm-hmm. like the music's got a really good vibe it's just it's very propulsive mm-hmm and this is the kind of game that, like, you pick up on an afternoon where nothing's happening, mm-hmm. and then you just play it straight through credits for four hours. Mm-hmm. It feels like the culmination of Sonic in 2D for the era. Mm-hmm. Like, Sonic 1 was good, Sonic 2 was great, mm-hmm. and Sonic 3 and Knuckles is one of the best platformers of the 90s. Yeah. I think they would improve on it with Sonic Mania, mm-hmm. but that wouldn't be for shoot over 20 years after this came out so for 20 years this was kind of the best sonic game that we had Mm -hmm. and uh, i still go back to it i'm really glad that it's more accessible now Mm -hmm. even if some of the portions of the soundtrack you got to find online what about you hamilton ah what can i not say about this game this game has (laughs) retained its supreme awesomeness to me i the second i bought sonic origins i started out with sonic 3 and knuckles i was like oh i have to play it yeah. And I played it through, I think, like all night with Sonic, with Tails, and then with Knuckles. <laughs> yeah. It felt like I was back in 1994, like I was a kid again. I enjoyed yeah. every bit of it. Nothing felt like a slog. I disliked the music changes because I grew up with them and I loved the music. But I was like, it doesn't make or break the game. It's smooth. The momentum feels like it should be. Mm-hmm. Getting the emeralds felt good. Completing the game felt good. 
this is still a game that I'll probably play another 10, 15 years. Like, I will never get bored of it. Yeah. So, do I recommend this? Hell yes. <laughs> if you have any interest in Sonic whatsoever, this should be the first game that you pick up and then try others. Yeah, Lord knows you don't need the story from earlier games. Exactly. Like, there's no no story, but there's no story needed. It's just a fantastic, fun game, and I adore it. And that's that for our coverage of Sonic 3 and Knuckles. We hope you've enjoyed listening and encourage you to come back next time for Supergiant's Transistor. In the interim, consider backing us at patreon.com slash franchise festival, where you get access to a bonus episode each month and even have the chance to vote on future episode topics. If you have any suggestions, you can also drop us a line on Twitter using the handle at franchise underscore fest or email us at franchisefestival at gmail.com. As for us, we're your hosts, Chris. And I'm Hamilton. Thanks for listening, folks. Goodbye. (laughs) 